Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited today to welcome Lauren Medina to the show. Uh, I think she's a special guest for a few things that I'm gonna mention right now, just before I have her go ahead and kind of introduce herself a bit to you. But um, I met her because we were both on a show called um, Where Do You See God? Um, And the host of that show, Paul Granger, um, he, um, he was doing a, a, a episode or a series called Sitting and Suffering. What I didn't know when he put me in touch with Lauren is that she's the whole reason he, st- he started that series. So I'm really excited to hear what she has to say and to learn and glean uh, from the things that she's experienced and how she's learned to um, go through life in a, in a positive way after having some pain and suffering. So with that, Lauren, <laughs> welcome, Hi. welcome, and please introduce yourself in your own way. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, my name is Lauren Medina. I am a writer and poet. Um, I'm also a teacher. I've been a, a public educator for 11 years now. Um, I'm from the Northern Virginia area, just outside of DC. Uh, and um, yeah, born and raised in Virginia, but uh, I'm actually half Honduran and half Italian. Hungarian and Italian? Hun- Honduran. Honduran. And- Oh, yeah, Italian. And yeah. what they wouldn't know is when we first signed on, the first thing I said to you, you're so pretty. <laughs> well, thank you. Of course. All right. Well, thank you for introducing yourself. It's always good for us to know a little background on who it is that's sharing with us. Um, so we're going to jump right in. So um, I kind of already shared with the guests how we met. And um, so I'm going to just move to the question. What has it been like to listen to some of the other episodes in the Sitting and Suffering series? And do you believe that God may have used you to get needed stories of trials leading to triumph out to the world to play a part mm-hmm. in helping Paul do that? Uh, and with, I guess, with that question, give us a little background too on some of the things you face. Yeah, um, so I went through a period of a few years recently that have just uh, put some challenges my way that were unexpected and a bit unlike other things I'd experienced in the past, um, particularly pertaining to injuries and chronic pain mm-hmm. um, and also emotional, relational challenges mm-hmm. um, and some mental health struggles. And uh, I found myself in the fir- kind of in one of the first times in my life 
that I was praying to God a lot for healing, mm-hmm. um, but just felt like no response or the, the pain and the injuries and all of these things just kept continuing, kept snowballing. Where are you got kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. It, it gave me like a lot of questions and I had grown up as a Christian. I had grown up in the church and, um, you know, had a certain theology of suffering and why a good God would allow suffering, but it's different to have a head theology of it versus experiencing it yourself. And, um, sometimes when you're going through something and you are asking God to save you from that pain or to make the situation better and he's not, it's you know, brings up a lot of questions like, does God really love me? Is God really there? Is God really good? And these are some of the things that I really struggled with um, over the past few years. Uh, And the thing is, I just feel like through going through this, I have learned how to trust the Lord, no matter what my circumstances are. And he's really shown up for me even in the midst of my circumstances being difficult. Mm-hmm. And I've just found this deeper hope and trust in him that I didn't have before I went through all of these things. Wow. Uh, and so now I just feel a calling to write about that and to share that hope that I have and to speak about that with the opportunities that I'm given to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of how I ended up on Paul's podcast. Where did you see God? Um, because I knew that he had that podcast and he's a friend of mine from church. Um, And I was like thinking, you know, I've definitely seen God (laughs) moving in powerful ways (laughs) in my life through some of these really hard situations. And I bet I'm not the only one who uh, has had these types of questions. And maybe there's someone else out there who's kind of a few steps behind where I am now who is struggling with something and still wondering, is God trustworthy? Is God good? Is this ever going to get better? Um, Maybe struggling with feelings of hopelessness. And so I really wanted to speak on that and just share a little bit of my story. And so that's how then Paul ended up um, feeling like the Lord was calling him to make that into a whole series. And he interviewed so many people. I think it was over 50 people on the topic of suffering. And every one of those people had really challenging, hard things to share, but also had really beautiful ways that God met them in the midst of those challenges. And I found myself getting encouraged just by so many of the other stories that I heard. Um, And I hope that people were encouraged by mine as well. Uh, But it's just kind of um, one of those little things that shows if you just take that first step and put yourself out there, you never know what God can do. Right. That's beautiful. And yeah, that whole series started because of you. And there's some wonderful episodes of people just sharing from their heart um, things that they've been through that are common to just, I'm going to say humanity, all of us. Um, And they're showing us how to, how to get through it. And um, I guess I'm going to say in a positive way, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to ever shield ourselves from from hardships in life, but having some tools to help us know how to get through it and learning how other people got through it is so important. Yes. So, all right. Thanks for sharing that. Now we get to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> I know that you wrote a book of poetry called The Birds Persist to Sing poems on heartbreak, faith, and healing. 
So I'd like you to just share your story and poems the way you do during your speaking engagement. I know that you're also a speaker and you have um, this format that you already use. Uh, so I want you to just go for it on the show. Uh, and every now and then I'll, I'll interject and participate, but I'm gonna just say, take it away. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did write this poetry book, The Birds Persist to Sing. And writing poetry has been very cathartic to me. It's been one of the ways that I've processed a lot of my own questions, um, a lot of my own journey. And as I saw these themes emerging of um, pain and heartbreak, faith and healing, mm -hmm. I wanted to put them together into something I could share with other people. Um, but the story behind this, um, I had pretty easy life, I would say, in many ways, um, uh, you know, through my mid-20s. Um, and so I think, as you said, everybody deals with suffering and really hard things in life. But when you're young, if you're lucky, sometimes you don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> and that's not true for everyone. But I was, uh, you know, happened to be in that situation where maybe I was a bit naive about how hard life can be or thinking like, yes, that these really bad things can happen, but they won't happen to me or to people in my circle. Um, I, I always was a believer in God, but I think I had this belief that as long as I prayed about it and did the right things, that God would protect me from any suffering. Or if I started to get sick and I prayed about it, I would be well. And um, there was just this period of my time, this period of time in my life where it became really clear that that's not always the way things work. Right. So um, I, it kind of started with a few different things. The first was that I started feeling some pain in my left foot. And, um, you know, I was an active person. I ran, I rock climbed. So that wasn't that unusual to me, but it started getting worse and worse. Um, so I started slowly cutting out activities. Like I stopped rock climbing, stopped running, stopped biking. And then, so this probably started bothering me in, in it was in August, I want to say maybe 2018. And then by that February, I could not put weight on that foot. It was hurting me really badly. So I went to the doctor and I'm thinking, I'll go to the doctor and they will fix it or they'll put me in a cast or they'll tell me what to do and it'll be better. But it ended up being a lot more difficult than that. Um, there were a lot of doctors who said different things to me. Some of them thought that it was one problem and some of them thought that it was a different problem. Um, they recommended different treatments to me. And for me, as a person who has never been to medical school, I don't know what's the right thing to pick. But all I know is that I'm just in a lot of pain and um, and it's not getting better. Um, I also at that time, you know, was really longing to be married and struggling with loneliness. And that was kind of a lot to be dealing with because it was hard to even pursue dating or anything like that when I was going through all of these physical issues. But I remember praying so much during that season for those two things, for for marriage one day for myself and for healing for my foot. And I just felt like I was getting the door slammed in my face. Like God was not answering my prayer. He was not healing me every day. Um, it was just still there, that pain. And so um, one of the poems that I wrote about that I'd love to read right now, it's called Prayer. Um, and it's in the first section of my book. Okay. So this is Prayer. After all the things I've seen, I'm not sure if you are real. 
Entrapped in cold sensations and the heaviness I feel. For all I know, I'm sitting here just talking to the air. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? My thoughts get caught in memories, trapped in a winding net. I long for you to heal me, but you haven't done it yet. I numb the pain the best I can. It's all too much to bear. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? I want it to be worth it, packing up and going on. I want to still have hope at night while waiting for the dawn. My body keeps betraying me, too broken to repair. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? My mind feels like a hollow tree. It echoes round and round. My heart feels like an autumn leaf that's fallen to the ground. I'm not sure you can hear me. Still, I take a chance on prayer. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Hmm. Nice. And you know, listening to you, I, I believe I actually read that poem in your book, but listening to you, I, I appreciate the echo of, are you there? Um, and it, it, it actually took me to places and times when I was kind of like, are you there? <laughs> yeah, when you really have this deep desire of your heart for some something to happen or some circumstance to be changed, and you feel like God isn't answering that, it can be really hard. And um, to me, the, those echoing words kind of remind me of uh, a phone that's on the busy signal. Like it's just beeping, beeping, oh, wow. beeping, beeping. Are you there? Are you there? Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people experience and sometimes don't talk about. I think we love to talk about the times that we have these wonderful prayer times with God where we feel his presence or we feel mm -hmm. like he's done something for us, but people are maybe a little bit more shy to talk about the times that they have a hard time feeling the presence of God or struggle with him not changing the circumstances in the way that you would want him to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that also I, maybe part of my theology of suffering before all this happened might've been that I thought that if I wanted something good, that God would make it happen. So mm -hmm. of course God doesn't want me to be in pain. He doesn't want me to be suffering. Mm -hmm. So he should honor that prayer and make it happen. Mm -hmm. But God doesn't work like exactly the way that we think he should work, but it doesn't mean that he's not good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that's all been part of this journey. And, um, as I continued along with this, I, I was struggling with this idea of where is God and suffering. Another thing that happened that year, which is something that I mentioned on Paul Granger's podcast is that one of my coworkers at the school I worked at unexpectedly passed away. Mm -hmm. And she was a young woman in her thirties with two young kids. And she was totally healthy and just developed um, an illness out of the blue. And it was like one day she was there and then she wasn't. And I remember the kind of the in-between time when we knew that she was sick and she was in a coma. There were so many of us from the school and also from her church, because she was a believer as well, who were praying for her and for her family. And I thought to myself, well, surely she'll be fine. She's young. Um, and all these people are praying for her. And, you know, she didn't, she didn't make it. And so that was another thing that really contributed to my, um, my struggle with where is God in suffering and why does he answer some prayers? Yes. And why does he let some bad things happen? Um, so I continue to think about all of that. Um, 
And I continued trying to pursue my goal of being in a relationship and getting married. I was like hobbling into these dates on crutches and things like that. <laughs> um, and I did end up meeting someone and um, that relationship became very important to me pretty quickly. Um, I really fell in love with this person very hard. And um, it was also the pandemic. So um, I was dating this person for uh, about a year. And um, I think that when you are struggling with your own um, things like physical pain, yeah. and there's a pandemic, it kind of can put you in a in a tough place to be able to exercise good judgment. And um, I, you know, and I was isolated from so many of my friends and community, mm -hmm. but I really clung to this person because I felt like it was one good thing in my life, even as like my physical health was really flailing. Um, I still continue to struggle to walk. I had a lot of different treatments done, cortisone shots, like laser therapy. I tried right. everything. I, I really identify with that verse about the um, woman the who was bleeding, the woman with the issue of blood. Mm -hmm. And it says that she um, saw many doctors, but did not grow any better, but rather grew worse. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt because I was spending all this money on these medical treatments. And after a year of this, instead of my foot getting my left foot getting better, the same thing actually ended up happening to my right foot. Oh. Um, and it's still kind of a mystery, like what what is causing this? Why is this happening? Um, it ended it started being at first, it was just one problem. But then as I tried to walk differently to compensate for the original problem, like so many other problems happen, stress mm -hmm. fractures and pinched nerves. Mm -hmm. And I just could barely walk and I was in pain all the time. And doctors um, didn't know what it was. They didn't know. They they knew some of the side effects, but they didn't they didn't know what was the main problem. And it was hard to keep track of because I would go to the doctor and they'd say, okay, it looks like you have a fractured, you know, bone now. But then late, you know, a month later, I'm like, that's feeling better. But this other thing is feeling worse. And they're like, oh, now you have a pinched nerve. Cause I would just walk a different way to try to take the pain off of the, uh, the pressure off of certain places. And so it was really hard. And, um, some of them, yeah, I mean, I think I had a doctor who told me, yeah, we probably should like break all the bones in your foot and then like put them back together in like a better format or something. And I was like, what? That sounds really invasive and terrifying. <laughs> and then um, some of them were like, well, maybe we should do this surgery or maybe we should do that. And, um, you know, it's really scary when you're thinking about having someone cut open your body and do something mm -hmm. to it when all these qualified doctors are telling you different things. So how do you know which one to believe? Mm -hmm. And again, I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for discernment. Should I have surgery? Like, what should I do? And I just cannot decide. I cannot figure out what to do. Um, so that was still going on. And I um, really clung to this person that I had gotten in a relationship with. And um, he was very kind to me and helped me through a lot of these things. Uh, but at the end of the year, we decided that we wanted to, well, we decided that we wanted to try to get married, we wanted to get engaged. Um, but it kind of all fell apart because when reality hit, when it was a uh, time to really think about that, I realized that we, our values were not aligned in some really key ways, um, particularly our religious values. And that that wasn't really going to work in, in the long term. And so I felt that the Lord was telling me to leave that relationship. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the most painful decision I've ever had to make because I felt like that relationship was the only good thing left in my life at the time. Um, I just felt like so 
um, hopeless and depressed by my physical health and having lost the ability to do so many things that I used to be able to do. And it was difficult for me to drive. I was very concerned about being able to do my job, um, to be able to walk enough to do my job. And um, this relationship was kind of like the one good thing it felt like at the time. So to voluntarily end it, um, because I felt like it was the right thing to do was like, it felt like it was cutting, cutting off my own arm or something like that. Like I knew I had to do it, but it was so painful. Mm. And so, um, you know, when I got to that point, that was when I really hit a low and I started to wonder, you know, is God even real? Um, have I been doing the right thing all these years by trying to follow the Christian God? Is there something else out there spiritually that I should have been following? Because if there is a real God and he's good, um, why is he letting all these bad things happen to me? <laughs> and I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to honor him, to serve him, to keep living this lifestyle that honors him. And everything just seems to keep getting worse and worse. Um, and so it was kind of at that point that I really went to God and said, Hey, if you are real and if you're there, I really need you to show me. Mm -hmm. Um, and he really showed up for me in mm -hmm. small ways at first. Um, but just like every time I got to a really low, low where I wasn't sure I could keep going, I would bring that to the Lord and he, I would just really feel his presence. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there would be like, more tangible things that would happen. Like I would just get a text right at that moment from a friend checking on how I was doing. Um, or, um, you know, I'd get, um, good news on something on the medical front, like further progress on trying to decide what to do and things like that. Um, I ended up finding a really great doctor, uh, in the DC area and, um, who was able to diagnose that I apparently was born with, um, extra bones in my feet that weren't supposed to be there. So thankfully they didn't have to break all my bones and put them back together, but they had to remove some bones out of each foot. And so, um, I had surgery on both my feet at once for them to do that. Um, and that was a huge blessing that I was able to get that diagnosis and, um, you know, have that surgery. But at the time, I just felt like I didn't know where my life was going. Um, I thought I was going to be getting married to this person, and now I was single again. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it was it was hard. But I think I learned in that time that your life is not—it's not, not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that there can't be redemption for the parts that are hard. Mm -hmm. um, that there can't be kind of a, a mixture of joy and pain together. Um, so I've written a bit about that in the book as well. Um, so I'll read you another poem, if that's all right. Um, it's called The Journey. Absolutely. The Journey. It's not a landing. It's not a train station. It's not a place to arrive. It's not something to jump out of. It's not something to fast forward. It's not the wrong story at all. It's not predictable. It's not tidy. It's never finally there. It's moving like a river. It's wild like a fire. It's gorgeous like the stars. It's dark like the forest at night, cold like the pine tree limbs weighed down with snow. It's hard like a stone that will not budge. It twists and turns and sometimes leads you to meadows full of wildflowers. 
It's a long, weary journey with fireplaces set along the way to make our hearts glow. It is full of meaning, of purpose, of hope. It doesn't end in despair after all. Wow. <laughs> and I think that the finding, for me, a big part of finding healing and finding hope in all of these things was that I came to a place where I was able to accept that God had not changed these circumstances in the ways that I wanted him to, that my journey did not look the way that I wanted it to look, but that God still had my best interest at heart, still cared for me and could use, could make good things happen in the midst of all of it, could bring purpose to my pain. Um, and so I began praying for that and praying that the Lord would bring purpose and meaning to my days, even as I would wake up in the morning already in pain, um, you know, physically, emotionally, but I just pray that the Lord would use it. And so I think that, that, um, I was really inspired to write a lot of these poems at that time. And that that was an answer to prayer that the Lord would bring purpose and meaning to my struggle. And I kind of just learned this beautiful way of having to trust God day by day, moment by moment, um, instead of needing him to fix my situation, instead of needing him to make it so that the pain went away. And the surgery really did help me, but I have still struggled with chronic pain and further fractures and things just kind of as a after effects from all these years of um, limited walking and, not, and muscle imbalances and joint weakness and things like that. Um, and I, I've struggled a bit with my mental health, um, since then as well, just feeling a lot of anxiety, um, about making decisions and, um, you know, we're sometimes like worrying about something else bad going to happen. Um, uh, but the Lord has really met me with all of those things. And, um, I am just in this place now where I feel a lot more stable in, in the Lord. And so I know that my, my well-being and my um my safety isn't found in these circumstances. We feel like they are, but at the end of the day, we have to put that stability in Christ and to know that that is something that will not forsake us or let us down. Um, and just when really hard things come up to to take it one moment at a time because, God may not um, totally take your pain away or stop something really horrible from happening to you, but he does promise to be there. Right. And I think we just have to keep seeking him moment by moment. Mm -hmm. um, and as I've done that, I really feel that he has, um, he has helped me to get to know him in a deeper way. Yeah. And um, it's a gift that I will have now for the rest of my life as other things you know, happen that I know to go to him moment by moment, instead of to feel, instead of feeling like so frustrated that he doesn't take the circumstance away or change it exactly the way that I wanted him to, mm -hmm. um, even if it, it was a good thing to ask for. Right. Um, so you know, that as I, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to touch on, um, a little bit earlier, you explored, um, or you shared with us about the relationship that you hope for. And um, it turned out that that didn't work out, but you wrote a poem about that and um, yeah. it touches on that concept. And, you know, when I look through your uh, book of poems, um, this is the one that jumped out at me. 
So <laughs> if you don't mind, I would like to read one of your poems. <laughs> wow, I would love that. <laughs> so this one is called A Poem Falls in the Forest. If a flower blooms alone in a room with no one to smell its sweet scent, if a cascade flows but nobody knows the sound of the water's descent, if a rainbow forms after the storm but the end is never found, if I cry out for someone to love me but no one can hear the sound, if the ground gives way and the end is near, will anyone answer our call? So Yeah, and the, the very last line of that is, at the end of the day, if I've no words to say, will this poem have mattered at all? Oh, I somehow didn't get that part. Mm -hmm. say, say it again. Yeah, if, at the end of the day, when I've no words to say, will this poem have mattered at all? Wonderful. And I think that's, that's something that I wrote, not knowing if anyone would ever read that poem, you know, that's something mm -hmm. that I wrote in a journal to myself kind of processing all of these things. But the fact that it's now in this book that people are reading other people who are going through hard times is just kind of a sign that you what you go through even the things that only you and the Lord know, do matter. And your heart, the way that you feel, even in your loneliness, does matter. Yes. And um, I just thought it was, it, it captured all that in a lovely way. And, you know, I printed it out. I don't know how that last stanza <laughs> <laughs> didn't end up on my copy, but thanks for adding that and sharing it. And um, I appreciate what you do. And I hope by you sharing and, and by me sharing of the poems, people will it'll resonate with people and they, they'll want to have a, a copy of your book as well. So uh, yeah. I do know <laughs> that um, I interrupted a little bit of your uh, sharing in your story uh, by interjecting that, but I did want to go ahead and, and share that poem that really touched me. Um, but if you will continue uh, mm -hmm. with your, no. your story. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that the Lord just gave me a new perspective and um, I began to see just so much more hope um, in the world. So I'm going to read um, a poem called Planted, which is kind of a metaphor for how it feels sometimes when you're in the middle of suffering and you don't know what the Lord is up to. Okay. Planted. Sometimes being planted feels like being buried and sometimes being watered feels like rain. Sometimes transformation feels like dying and sometimes sprouting roots just feels like pain. Sometimes germination feels like breaking. We long to see the sun, but never know. Our journey through the dark and lonely soil can lead us to the places where we'll grow. Hmm. <laughs> and I often, I often make nature metaphors in my writing and I just love the thought of, um, you know, when you are in a dark place and you just can't put one foot in front of the other, you don't know what's coming next. It's really scary, mm -hmm. but that's you, you just like a seed when it's put into the ground, it could, if, if it had eyes, it could not see it's dark down there. It's, there's no sunlight. It feels like a type of death. Um, you're burying something. 
Well, that's what's happening. The seed dies in the ground. <laughs> and yeah. from, from that death, new life sprouts up. But, you know, so many images just actually flashed through my mind as I was listening to you talking because, you know, that poem is about the suffering, the hardship, and then how it actually promotes growth in one's life. And I was thinking about how with a lot of things that we plant when we want it to grow, we'll add fertilizer. Mm. (laughs) We're adding this manure. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sometimes unlikely, unlikely things are the things that need to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So those are some of the things that were flashing through my mind. Without the manure, maybe the soil wouldn't be as healthy to then germinate under the ground and cause the roots to sprout and eventually uh, the plant or, or whatever it is we're expecting to come up um, above the ground will be seen. But as we talk about all this type of imagery, another thing that's coming to mind is how much time under the ground the roots are being formed and you still don't see, but it's happening, but yeah. you don't see it. So to me, that's part of the times in life when we're saying, God, where are you? Um, He's working, he's doing something. You just don't see it yet, but it's being formed. The the roots are being formed and it has to be sustainable. So like if it's a tree, the roots have to be deep enough to sustain how high that tree is going to grow. Mm. Um, So you're... You're causing all of these uh, thoughts to go through my mind <laughs> through this talk and through your poetry. <laughs> no, thanks. I love hearing all those different metaphors, and I think it's so true. And what my my hope is is that in re- if, as I share my story and as people read these poems, um, that if they're in a place where they feel like they're that seed that's buried under the ground and they cannot see what the Lord is doing, or they're doubtful that the Lord is doing something good or that this will ever end, (laughs) um, that they can be inspired to keep hoping and to keep seeking the Lord. And just because maybe there are some things that like, they're just final in life. Like there are things where you lose someone and they passed away and you cannot get that person back. There's times where you have, um, you know, a debilitating illness or disability that you're not going to get better from, but it doesn't mean that you will never feel hope or joy again. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and that he can't still bring goodness into your life again in the midst of all those things. And maybe he will bring healing from some of those circumstantial problems Maybe he won't, but my trust, my, my hope is that, you know, we would all be able to um, just believe that there is more for us than the moment, than the hard moment that we're in at the time. And I've seen that to be true in my own life. Um, and I hope that I remember as I get older and other things happen. Um, but yeah, I just really want to encourage anyone who is in a tough place. Um, feeling like, is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to get better? Am I ever going to feel better? Um, To know that there's other people who've been there and there was another side to it. And there was just like this beautiful growth that happened. Um, And I did get to a place of joy again. And I, I, at points I thought I never would, you know? So it's possible. Yes. Wonderful. I'd love to read the last, well, I think the last poem I'll read is the one that the 
the book is named after. So it's called okay. The Birds Persist to Sing. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of as I was thinking through all of these things, I, I knew that life couldn't all be bad. Um, the God couldn't be bad because he'd given me all of these signs, um, just his presence, his word, but also just little things like nature and the beauty and uh, relationships with people that we love that reminded me that, that there is goodness and that there's light as well. So this is called The Birds Persist to Sing. Why would the stars dance in the sky and sing through the tenebrous night? Why would the moon grow round and full in dazzling harvest light? Why would people fall in love for any length of time? Why would we paint and build and read? And why would we make words rhyme? Mm -hmm. Why would we dine and why would we dance? And why would the sunlight gleam? Why would we strive for higher things? And why would we ever dream? Why would the birds persist to sing after many a fearful storm? Why does the crocus bloom in spring? And how was a butterfly born? Mm. How could we laugh at anything if there was no hope at all? And why are the leaves so beautiful when they're just about to fall? Beautiful, nicely done. Another beautiful poem. And um, <laughs> I understand why you would even make that one the, the name of the book. It's so beautiful. And it's just a type of questioning, but yeah, it's like, why? <laughs> and you can say, yeah, it's, it's, how... it's like, there are these signs of goodness, even though the world is full of really dark, bad things, there are these signs of goodness. And I believe that there's signs of God's goodness and that there's more of that to come mm -hmm. that we can look forward to. I like how you even say, how is the butterfly born? <laughs> right, because I feel like that's another one that you think, it, it might also, it, something has to die for that to be emerged or like it has to change. So like yeah, a caterpillar, yeah. it's, it's not even a caterpillar anymore. It changes into this new thing, yeah. but it also has to go into a place of darkness, like kind of like a tomb of its own mm -hmm. to be able to get to that place. And um, I feel like the Lord has maybe put some of these signs in nature for us to see, like the hope of resurrection is all around us, uh, even with the, the seasons. When you look at a tree in the wintertime, and that's one of my poems too, I have a poem called The Trees in Winter. Mm -hmm. It looks dead, like nothing's growing on it. It's just gray and it's just there. But then in the spring, all this new growth and like flowers erupt from it. And I, I can't help but think that the Lord has like written some of these things into creation for us to see that that's the kind of God he is. He is the God who takes things that seem like they're dead and hopeless and he brings them to life and he brings yeah. new hope. And so um, it's, Boy, I, I love that. I keep thinking of that tree that looks dead and dry and brittle and it's actually uh, rejuvenating in that moment. It's a yeah. It's a type of sleep, if you will. And um, and then it comes back to life and it's, it's beautiful again and functioning and giving us fruit or leaves and beauty and flowers. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love that imagery. Um, I like how you're even causing me to look at nature in such an expanded way. I have absolutely never thought of resurrection when thinking about the transformation of the caterpillar, caterpillar, <laughs> caterpillar into the butterfly. 
but I absolutely love that. Um, I understand it. I understand it as part of uh, resurrection. I like mm -hmm. that I have that in my, I'm going to call it my toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I just, uh, I, if I could go back and tell my, my former self anything, it would be just um, to keep seeking the Lord moment by moment with it. You can be honest about your pain mm -hmm. and you can be honest about your doubts and your questions, Absolutely. but the you know, ask him to meet you where you are and to bring, bring goodness and bring purpose into your life. Um, and don't hold so tightly to the, the, the individual circumstances because you might not know the reasons why you might never know a reason, the reason why. Absolutely. Um, but it doesn't mean that the Lord isn't good and that you can't ever feel happiness or joy or love. Again, those things are available for you. Right. Um, there's just so much more. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests and it's which one final gem can you leave with our audience today that'll help them get to their next level best around the things we've been talking about? Um, basically, if they forget everything we said, now, far be it from us that they actually do that. <laughs> but let's just say they forget everything we said. What is the number one thing you really want them to hold on um, that you can give as a, as a gift to them from you? Yeah, I think um, my main takeaway would be, um, one, if you're going through a hard time, you can bring your honest laments and doubts and questions to the Lord, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Two just because it feels like it's over doesn't mean it's really over. Like there, there's more and there is hope. And um, three would just be to seek purpose and in, in your day to day, because um, I don't believe that any of our suffering is wasted um, or meaningless. I, even though it, it sometimes feels like it could be senseless or doesn't like um, make sense to us why it's happening. I believe that there can be meaning that we get from it that or ways that God can still use it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's ways that God can bring goodness into your life today in this moment, uh, regardless of what happens in the future. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much, Lauren, for being a guest, for sharing your poetry, for um, sharing your story and how you persisted through those challenges. And in the end, you did find that doctor who knew, like it blew me away. Like you went to so many doctors and did they not see there was extra bone on your x-ray? Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I feel like they were x-raying me and it was hard to see things. And they, and there were like really tiny extra okay. bones. And so, the, but it was MR, it was MRIs that really like helped them to figure, helped my new doctor to figure it out. And it wasn't, I guess it wasn't maybe the most common of problems. And so I needed a doctor who was willing to like investigate to try to figure out what it was instead of just trying to label it like a common problem. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, so I'm really, really Would grateful. I, about yeah. What I love is you proved out even the title, The Birds Persist to Sing. You persisted. You persisted <laughs> and you arrived at a better place. And the better place is going to look different for all of us. Um, but I love the way you shared today.
from your story, but also your poetry and, and then elaborating and helping us understand and peel back your poetry. And um, so again, my hope is that everyone will be so inspired by our talk and uh, the few poems that's been shared and they'll wanna get your entire uh, book on poetry. So with that, go ahead and share with everyone how they can be in touch with you, contact you, get a hold of your book. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so my name is Lauren Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A, and that's in the title of all of my um, social media. You can find me online at my website, laurenmedinawrites.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Lauren Medina Writes, and you can follow, follow me on Instagram as Lauren Medina Writes, and all of those things will have links to my book, um, to my email. If you wanted to get in touch with me, I I'm always happy to pray for people or just give um, a listening ear if anyone needs that. So um, please do reach out. That's so wonderful. And we'll also put that information in our show notes. So wonderful. again, Lauren, thanks so much. It's been a delight to have you on the show. And thank you for offering what you know and what life lessons you've learned with, with the world and with the audience. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much, Dr. Mishana. This has been lovely Aww. opportunity. <laughs> well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.